Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, it is Inside the Ropes, episode 111. Lord Nelson. Lord Nelson, if you don't mind. Uh, lovely to have you with us. Big show today, uh, Mark Hayes is there. G'day Murray. And Martin Blake is also there. Hi Andy. Hello. 111's uh, the devil's number for English cricket, isn't it? But England won the World Cup. Well, did they? They rewarded the trophy, but did they actually win it? I wonder what they were thinking when they sat down to work out those rules that, yeah, we'll have a super over if it's a tie, and if it's still tied after super over, we'll just go to boundaries hit. And they haven't, what about what the are they thinking? controversial uh, overthrow, the six that should have been five? I mean, do we want to talk yeah. about that for the next 15 minutes? Mm, there's been a lot of, a lot of good sport on, isn't there? And, 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 and coming around to one of the best weeks of the whole year. Well, we've had a cracking fortnight over in Europe, haven't we, with Ireland and Scotland, and now we get the Open. So we go to... County Antrim, which is one of the great places. Have you ever been up there? Giants Causeway? No. Oh, no. Magnificent. Have you, have you surfed the Port Rush breaks? No. No, no, no. Are but, there no, such no. things? Uh, there's got to be some sort of swell that hits the it? West Coast there in Northern Ireland, I'd imagine. Yeah, there would be. Right. Yeah, somewhere. But although the North Coast, I think the North West Coast, the pure part of that, I'm not sure that is actually the North. That might be the Republic. That'd be Donegal up there, I reckon. <laughs> If my, if my geography is anywhere near the way div- I hope it would be. divulged his Irish roots last week, Blakey. So did he? Surf Hinch, mm, which nice. is where the, the home of the Irish Open last week. Blakey. Very nice. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, big shout today. Cam Smith, Jake McLeod, both joining us. The Falk has caught up with those two over in uh, in Northern Ireland. Yeah, that's uh, a great effort by our man, the rocket, Justin Falconer. To, and to Jake McLeod, first time British Open or Open Championship. Yep. Um, yeah. Good awesome, as a result of obviously his achievements at the Australian mm. Open last November and and the Order of Merit, etc. Um, but um, you know, you listen to him talk. I've heard the interviews. Uh, he's he's edgy. He's he's nervous, and it's totally understandable. Oh, it would be. Then yeah. you hear Cam Smith, and he's about just about laid back asleep compared to Jake <laughs> McLeod. He's that relaxed, which is you know that comes with the territory. He's been there now for three or four times, and. Uh, becomes a bit more, not routine, but a bit more, the pulse doesn't jump as quickly. Perhaps. I guess he expects to be there and mm. knows he belongs there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Larratt's going to join us a bit later on as well. Uh, the general manager of sport business from Sport Australia. Keep an eye on the way you two in particular and your <laughs> colleagues at Golf Australia are running this sport. Are you ready for this? You're going to run the rule over the job that you two et al are doing. Are you, are you ready for this? I, we, we've got to be nice to him because uh, <laughs> you know, I know that Brad James, as the head of high performance, reckons that golf should get much more funding. Hey? So, you know, and this guy, you know, Andrew's the one with the, you know, he's got the finger on the, the pulse. He's got the, he's got the purse strings. I'll be interested to hear if you've got the ticket to ask him that question. Oh, then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where do we, do you want to 
Uh, it's open week, Andy. Well, we, we normally talk about what's happened, but let's talk about what's to come. Yeah, I, I, you know, this is, with all due respect to all the other championships, mm. women's, men's, whatever, this is the one that mm. is the most pure. Mm. Um, this is the 148th version of the Open Championship. It doesn't get any better than this if you're a golf fan. To, from our perspective, to sit up through the late afternoon all through the evening and watch yep, yep. the great links courses of world golf. And we haven't seen Royal Port Rush. No, no, not many people have, to be honest, in tournament, Nick, but we have. it hasn't been there since 1951. Is that right? It's yeah. that far back, is it? And it's only the second time it's been outside Scotland or England, and it's they've both been at Port Rush. The, the history of this course is fascinating. Mm. Absolutely fascinating. It was one of the one of the great courses, um, but absolutely viewed as impossible logistically to hold this tournament again. Um, as as recently as sort of the turn of the century, uh, and through all the political upheaval of Ireland and um, you know everything that's gone with the IRA, etc., it wasn't seen really as a, even vaguely a possibility. Mm. And uh, the the secretary there, whose name slipped my mind, Wilma, her name is. She's been there forever and a day put it back on the agenda with the RNA and they've subsequently done everything over a period of 10, 12, 15, 20 years to get this course to this position. And it includes pilfering the land off the adjacent course, Blakey, to That's actually- a familiar story, isn't it? So they've sliced off the 17th and 18th yeah. holes on the original Dunluce course. And the other thing that might interest you, Andy, in fact, it will interest you as a Game of Thrones fan, mm. is that they've done a lot of filming around that area. Well, I did notice on some of the credits on the Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones episodes that a lot of it was filmed up in the north, and I can understand That's why right. that would be the case. There's a big castle right nearby. I think you can see it from the yeah, golf course. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've what? never been there, but it looks, oh, looks oh, pretty mate, awesome. I'm just going on the pictures that oh, I've seen. You, 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 of course, have surfed there. No, <laughs> well, I've walked from Whitehaven. I think it's Whitehaven <laughs> Bay where there's a little uh, hostel that I stayed at, and you walk right across the – I can't remember what the cliffs are called, but you walk along these green rolling cliffs and you get to the Giants Causeway. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour walk, magnificent coastal walk, Yeah. and the Giants Causeway is beautiful. Like, it's breathtaking in its – the way that the rock formation has, over the passing of time, found its way into the sort of nick that it's in, and there's some spectacular rock formations on the way that it, you know, sit out just off the coast. Beautiful, beautiful coastline. And I was up there, when I remember when I went to the north, oh, I can't remember, it was probably 25 years ago, I reckon, I went into Belfast, and it was still, you know, there were, you had to have a different currency, the Republic had a different currency, to the north, you had to have mm. pound sterling to get in there. You had to still their, does. Their arm, well, they do, but their arm guards at checkpoints when you left the Republic to go yeah. in, and they had to what's your what's your business, and then you'd get up there, and you'd go in a place like Belfast, and the locals were just so happy to have someone come up. Mm. You know, they're beautiful people, and no wonder Wilma was putting it on the agenda with the RNA consistently that we need to have this tournament mm. back here. We've obviously got some of the world's great golf courses mm-hmm. up there in the north. I mean, people talk about County Down and um, and Port Rush as though they are in the top five golf courses on the planet. They I think about- the, the last ranking that I saw, I mean, there's a, there's a number of different rankings, aren't there? But the, the last Golf Digest world ranking, I think it was number seven. So Yeah, right. Rory McIlroy shot 61 there when he was 16 years of age. Uh, now it's a, it's a slightly different course yeah. now with the new with those new holes. You spoke and that. Of. Um, look, we're recording this earlier in the week, uh, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a dry running links like you can sometimes get over there. It's been a warm summer over there, but it just looked a bit green. Some of the footage I've seen so far definitely looks green so far. Mm. Uh, but you know, um, who knows what happens mm. over the course of a week over there? Uh, Tiger Woods has put a uh, driving iron into his bag. Okay, uh, I read that today. 
Um, so I wonder whether he's thinking sort of Royal Liverpool mm. 206 when he just knocked it around with a two-iron. Bunted iron around all, all, all day, yeah, yeah. 300, 320-yard uh, two-irons. So, uh, look, six Australians in the field, Hazy. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Jake McLeod. Dimi Papadatos is in the field as well from Australian Open qualifying, which is uh, – imagine how he's feeling this week. He, you know. Uh, yeah. These, those two are – well, you'll hear Jake – and I think Demi will be in the same category. I mean, he's an excitable man at the best of times. I think uh, he'll do his best to be calm, but he'll be nervous. Um, I could use a few uh, analogies here, Andy, but, you know, in the G rating, I perhaps shouldn't. Uh, but, yeah, I, actually, Blakey, sorry. Live to, on KO, by the way. Yeah, that's right. I, we, for, we sh- for those who, for those who <laughs> want to watch this and haven't had the luxury of uh, subscription TV, um, there's a great offer. For if you want to get around and watch all six Aussies go about their business against the world's best, the 14-day free trial from KO. Listeners uh, of Inside the Ropes can get a 14-day trial to watch live coverage of the Open by searching for the Open TV and Media Guide on the Golf Australia website, and you'll come to the link there. So the Open TV and Media Guide, you'll get 14 days free, so you get to watch the entire Open uh, free of charge on KO. That's unbelievable. And if, if, you haven't done, if you haven't done the streaming thing, you get to try that out, see if that, you know, it's pretty easy, I think. And, 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 you're not going to talk Chromecasting again, we'll, yeah, we'll put, Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, we'll put, um, Your eyes glaze oh, over when I talk. We'll put oh, Blakey's personal mobile number in the show notes, perhaps, <laughs> and you can call him if you've got any casting questions. Oh, that's it's, fantastic. It's, it's, it's high awesome. definition, and it's free for two weeks. And if you want to continue later on, KO's only 25 months. So I've got to get rid of my Foxtel, and I've got to get KO. It's on Foxtel as well. We yeah, should mention. So. But the Fox, you've got to play Actually, five times that. They're showing how many hours he's about 13 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, good luck. It's just the most awesome It's not going to be much sleep we, in our, our households. No, no, that's true. Oh, no. We've buried the lead here. Sorry, Andy, I know you're about to sort of crank something up over well, there. No, but it wasn't really. We be- Blakey, we've buried the lead, unfortunately. I think those cliffs, we might see if we can get them as a renamed to the Cliffs of Mar, the ones that Andy well, was talking about. Well, there are the Cliffs of Mar, of course. There are, but these, yeah. I think we need, if they're not already named, we need as a birthday present to our, to our esteemed leader. We're recording this on Tuesday, as you said. Um, it's, it's, the, it's our esteemed leader's birthday today. Happy birthday, Mark. You know who yeah, yeah. also has a birthday on the 16th of July, don't you? Anyone famous? Well, one of our six Australians turning it up. Who's that? Well, who's got the greatest chance of saluting? Adam Scott. Thank Adam you very much. Scott. Scotty and I share the same year too. It's remarkable. Yeah, no, yeah, well, he's in slightly better nick than me, but um, <laughs> it's only because he's an elite athlete who pampers himself every day. It's a bit of, of a, a bit of a worry. He's never worked a day in his life, let's be honest. It's a bit of a worry when you bring out notes like you're just about to do. No, Andy. all I'm going to ask you to do is right. I'm, going to, I'm going to set you a task question without notice. I want you to predict where they finish. Adam Scott. What do you want? Like a number where no, he finishes? I want you to tell me where well, he's he going to finish. He could win. Are you top yeah, five? Where will he finish? Tenth. Tenth. Third. Dimi Papadatis. Miss cut. 78. I've got them all missing, uh, making the cut. Jake McLeod. 64. Uh, 56th. Mark Leishman. 25th. Ninth. Cam Smith. 38th. <laughs> 32nd. Jason Day. 44th. 21st. Who wins it? I can't see an Australian winning. I would love an Australian to win, don't get me wrong, listeners, but you know, I just don't see it this week unless it's maybe Scotty sneaks in. If he had a good week with the putter, I guess I can see, I can see him in a developed print with Brooks Kepka. So Kepka wins. Yeah. You're just going to say that every time we ask you who's going to win a major, aren't you? Well, right now, now he's batting yeah, 500, no. and so <laughs> I'm, I'm a one in two shot. 
Kepka's major form, 2-1. You may as well. That, that is good form. Yeah, that's like Kingston Town at his absolute peak. If he wins yeah. this, it'll be his fifth major in the past 10 starts, not to mention those mm. couple of near misses. It's so that suggests it might not be his turn. Either. Are you tipping him as well, are you? Who no, are you tipping? I'm not. I'll tell you who I'm tipping. Uh, I'm tipping Matt Kucha. Oh, now, oh wow. I, everyone oh, groans when I said that. Oh, I know no. it's not popular, but pragmatically speaking, he plays it well over there and he's in good form. Since when have you been pragmatic? Just today. <laughs> I'll tip I'll Go tip for him. it, Andy. Give us yours. No, Xander Shawfly. I'm just going to tip him oh, until he wins a major. Every time. I'm tipping him until he wins it. Well, he gave me a good run for my money at, yeah. uh, where were we last time? Down at Hazleton. Where were Pebble we? Beach, yeah. Pebble Beach. Yeah. Was that the last time we played yeah. on it? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to keep tipping him. Uh, <laughs> what about you haven't given us your predictions there? Oh, no, no, no. I'm only people sure are interested in you two because you've got the. So, what about I just so, say, too, by the way? Beautiful new apparel you two are in. <laughs> the Under Armour apparel that you're both wearing. Star Trek. G- your Fannigan look like you should be in Lost in Space. You're Zachary Smith and you're bloody whatever his name is, Will the old Robinson. man. Will what Robinson. about Scotty? Yeah, Talk us through Scotty, Hazy. Is, is he your Australian oh, I think chance? He, he's my he's leading a, Australian and I actually think he can win the tournament. So, I. Have him in a really tight finish. I was so impressed with watching him play mm. at Pebble Beach a few weeks ago. Just almost, I sensed that he was back to something near his pre-Masters victory form. Uh, and I, more importantly, I think he thinks he is too. Like not just saying it. I think he actually expects something. His form in the past few majors is exemplary oh, as well. Absolutely, he's in good and, nick. And, yeah. You know, stuck his nose in the frame briefly at Pebble Beach. Was uh, you know third in an epic at Bell Reeve last year in the PGA, which was the last one. Was prominent at Bethpage, uh, and did his normal coulda woulda shoulda at, at the yep. Masters as yep. well. So uh, he's in good nick to me in majors. I I can't find a reason not to include him in the top couple of picks. Love to see him play well, Andy. After what happened to him in 2012, no, which know, must still sting. It's hard to believe. It just. There's still shots that he played down the stretch there that are kind of hard to believe. They weren't that bad. No. Like the Most shot into shots. 16, was it the one that just sort of flew long and left and settled into Ended that? Ended up in the deep stuff. Oh, you yeah. just sort of think, what, how did that – How did he go from hitting it so perfectly to just hit it the way he did – not hit it, but just Fine end up lines, in spots. It? Yeah, it really was. He, he could easily be trying for his third – Claret jug here, and mm. he's yeah. still battling for his first. So that shows you how hard it is to mm. to win. That's I mean, true. We could have easily had that one that Mickelson pinched away. So can I? Um. So that's that. Anything else you want to add from an open perspective? Yeah, just if you do fancy your chances as a t- or your skills as a tipster, Andy, I just want to get this on the record too. Blimey. Depending on when you're listening to this, because yeah. obviously this is going to close um, before a lot of you get to hear this. But there is uh, an open tipping competition again on the golf.org.au um, Golf Australia website. Uh, entrants need to pick the winner, their score, and the Aussie that finishes the highest on the leaderboard. You need to be at least 18 years of age. Enter the competition before it closes on Thursday at 2 p.m. So that's oh, right, the 18th of July. If you're listening later, I apologize for that. Entries are free. Uh, you can do it through the GA Facebook in the contest tab. Or what do, what on, do you call the tournament, Andy? I, 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 occasionally, I let slip the British, the British Open, Open. Out, but, I, but I do. I try and call it the Open Championship. Az, are you well trained in that aspect? <sighs> Open uh, Championship. Yeah, I'm better. I with used the to Open. call it the British Open. Yeah, I did too. But I'm I'm learning for political reasons. But also, I do say British when we're referring to the Opens. Like if you're doing something. Mm. Then... When I was uh, full time writing for the Age Golf writing. Uh, I used to call it the Open Championship, and the editors used to change it to British Open, Open because right. it was the style of the Fairfax newspapers that mm. they called it the British Open. Uh, the British Open 
is not a tournament. It doesn't exist. So I argued this point, and I started to call it <laughs> British Open Championship. So I kind of attached the, the British yeah, to right, it. Okay, that, yeah. that was my way of getting around it. But I was reading about it today. The, the RNA are under in what they call an education process because it's in their eyes it's always been called the Open Championship. Mm. But their own branding says the Open, so they even shorten it. To that in their in their well their website is theopen.com, I think so um, you know it's confusing the the trophy itself's got golf champion trophy written on it that's the inscription golf so, champion right. trophy I didn't know that. yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah so I, I don't know it, it, the Americans find this very hard because you know oh, and look the the open championship do. itself if if you ask me the truth of it in my eyes is the to call it the open championship is a bit pretentious I know it was the first but. There's a million other Open So you're advocating for There's the a million other Opens around the so world. So you're advocating for the RNA to relent and call it the British Open? Well, get it, get with the real world. You because know, America a, doesn't lot. like it. Because America well, doesn't. what about our Open? Imagine what John Hogan what and Mike are saying to you right now. Well, it's pretentious to just call it the Open <laughs> to pretend that it's the only Open. That's what I'm saying, Andy. It's pretentious. Yeah, you make it. But I, Do you I like accept the champion that it was golf the first Blakey? one. That's nice. Yeah, I like you that. Know. Champion golfer of the year. Yeah. Where do I you don't sit mind on this that. one? Uh, I'm, I'm anti-pretentiousness. No, I know that. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't want to die in the ditch on this. <laughs> no. I really don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that Blakey's prepared to. I like the fact that you're taking on the uh, the crusty ones like Huggin and Clayton and all their mates. This is good. You've drawn a battle line here. By the way, we're giving away more prizes here today than they do on Sale of Century. This is outstanding by... Uh, GA and yeah, well, there's that, that, that tipping competition is actually yeah, really awesome. good. There's all sorts of prizes. I think I think there's a Callaway driver and there's Lock Loman products. There's so you're tipping the nice. winner and you're tipping the top Australian. Yeah, and yeah. a score for the winner. Score. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah, get in, get involved. It gives you an added bonus to watch. Um, Lovely. Andy, I, I'm you know we've got so many things to talk about yeah. around around all this stuff. I don't. Do you want to have a look at the tea times no, or do you just want to? No, honey, no, it's done and dusted. Can you tell me what part of the draw is going to be the draw side of the draw you want to be on? Ooh. No, and that's the right. that's the that's the great quirky nation. No, um, you know the beast that is the open. Yeah, I reckon. Exactly. You, you nearly guaranteed the winner will have had some luck in that oh, area, no won't doubt. they? No doubt. They'll have played well, but they'll have had yeah. you know something yep. went for them in the draw. No, I would we'll yeah. just say, Andy, that this is the first fully booked out open championship in its history. This is 148th version. This is the first one that won't have tickets available at the gate. It's sold out. Right. So for the week, they're expecting just shy of 200,000 people, if everyone turns up, to rock through the gates at Royal Port Rush, which I think is incredible. Um, It rivals any sporting thing in the world. Uh, I'll never forget it. The first Open Championship that I ever went to, (laughs) Blakey, in fact, the only one I've ever been to, was um, Troon, 89. And I remember thinking, I was a struggling backpacker, and I'd saved up the shekels, and I was thinking, how hard is it going to be to get a ticket for this thing? So I got to the Ayrshire coast. I got to Troon on the Monday afternoon, I reckon, hoping that I'd see some scalpers around and I could just find a way. Because I thought, there's no way you get a ticket. I'm just yeah. rocking up as a backpacker. And I'm looking and walking around the, the township and I couldn't see anyone advertising tickets. And I walked into, I think it was the post office, and I said, excuse me, is there anywhere around here where you're – might be able to help me out with uh, open ticket. I want to get some tickets to the golf. I'm not joking, right? Lady said, oh, sure, how many do you want? I said, no, no, <laughs> just the one. She leant underneath her desk, picked up this, like an old um, – No way. No, no, it was a tin can. There was like an old cigarette, one of those old cigarette things, t- tin can. You know, the, uh, she took the lid off it. There were about – they were the thick 
sort of cardboard disc-type oh, yeah. badge tickets you used to get in a day. And she said, how many do you want? It's just the one. And she, there were probably about 100, or not 100, there would have been about 30 mm-hmm. in this tin can. Wow. And it was like 25 quid, and it got you into the all the practice days and the four days of the tournament. 1989. Yeah, it was that easy. It was that easy to get a ticket. Well, and, I- and they were unlimited. Like, you could have fit, I don't know how many were in Troon that year, that that fateful year was that the Kalkovecchia? Yeah, that was the year. playoff. Yeah. yeah, I was followed. Followed. I was. Nor- I followed Norman. Wow. I've told you this story I, because Norman was out so early on the Sunday. On the first tee, there would have been two hundred people walked up the first with him. By the time he get to the got to the fourth, I'm not joking. There were five thousand. The fourth green. It was the third or fourth. Huge, massive green right on the coast. Um, there would have been five thousand people around the green. They had it was like a stampeding her because he birdied the first six. Mm. That day, and he made the Norman charge. Eventually, you know, got into the playoff with grades, and they both succumbed. But uh, it was unbelievable. But they could have fitted. They could have fit another. Going to your point about um, Port Rush being fully ticketed, they could have fit in another fifty thousand people there on the Sunday, and they still would have been room yeah. for people to move. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, I understand that people are commuting. I, I'm not sure. Despite your, you know, the the Mars Atlas of Ireland that we've been sort of investigating for the past three weeks. I'm not sure the distance between driving time between Dublin and Port Rush. A couple of hours. But I think I understand there's people staying in Port Rush, uh, in Dublin, yeah. like not even oh, in right. Belfast. I oh, know, is that right? I know it's an hour from Belfast to the course. Yeah. Because Port Rush itself is only 10,000 people. So I'm tipping that there's been some good gouging done there. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. By some of the local residents who've <laughs> right. moved out and rented out their oh, houses. Absolutely. So we'll That's be, not going to be cheap no, uh, operation. No. So we'll be interested to, hear, to learn when he comes back what Justin Falcon has done because I think he's actually in town, which is a miracle. In Port Rush. I reckon he's one of the uh, lucky ones in the town. Justin Falconer and, and uh, John Sutherland might have just done some sort of hokey, hokey pokey oh, dance. Andrew Larratt from Jiggery Sports Poker. Australia has got his eyes all over this and making sure there's no misappropriation of funds <laughs> going on. Monies that should be going to grassroots development of the game. We'll be keeping an eye on this. I hope you ask him that question too. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> hey, um, I want to put to you two blokes that we should have um, the uh, Houston um, camp every single week and have Australian players who are based over in the States, toiling away, who are not necessarily in great nick, turn up at that camp before they go back and turn up at their next tournament. I second that that motion. Uh, you're referring to Brett Coletta. My, one of our very good friends here, yeah, the Coletta uh, family. Um, and he's come oh so close to winning um, in, uh, was it Colorado? Oh, on the I Corn Ferry. Colora- on the Corn Ferry, two of your favourite, Andy. Uh, but you know he has had a string. Cha- don't worry about changing the name of the Open Championship. Change the name of the Corn Ferry Tour. Can you don't do that like for it? us? <laughs> do you know what it is? Corn Ferry. <laughs> I, I, I googled this the other day. Oh. I had no idea what it was. I thought it was some sort of you know food chain or whatever. It's, it's apparently it's a consulting firm. Yeah, yeah. Big anyway, firm. we digress. We do. He's, so Brett Collette has missed a handful. It's in of Oregon, cuts. by the way. I think it's called Colorado the tournament, but. It, just confusingly, oh, they put right? it on in Oregon. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway, he's missed five or six cuts uh, in succession, Brett mm. Coletta. And, you know, not, not too far off his tucker, but just enough. And it, that's what that tour dictates, that you must be in perfect mm. nick to contend. And lo and behold, uh, you know, a bit of bit of magic from Matt Cutler and the crew. And uh, he's he's up and about. And he was he could have, would have, should have. Um, he started the day with a share of the lead, the final round on the on the Corn Ferry, and, and played 
badly. Double the first. Double the first, which is a par five. And the next par five, which I think is the fifth, he's made another bogey. So he's played the front nine par fives, which would be his bread and mm. butter for someone who hits the ball so beautifully in three over. Fought back, joined the lead again on the 17th with a birdie, then watched his opponent, his playing partner, can a big bomb of a birdie putt on the 18th to 72nd to uh, get the chocolates by one. Still, Coletta. What does that mean for him, Hazy? Well, it's his best finish outside Australia in a professional event, second. 64,800 jumps in. Mm. And more importantly, in the long run, he's back up to number 25, Blakey, in the, in the chase to be the top 25. Mm. Uh, there's three more weeks before the finals are set, and then there's four weeks, uh, sorry, four more weeks before the finals are set, and then three weeks of finals on the Corn Ferry Tour. So um, he's got a couple of cracks at getting his card, but right now he's he's holding the aces. So as we see maybe, maybe Maybe a king and a queen he's holding. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, it's not good, pocket it's aces. got a good hand. Yeah. It's in a good spot. So as we sit here right now, we've got Gibson and Rain Gibson's Coletta in. in the 25. Correct. And Rain Gibson's safe. Yeah, he's number eight, I think, at the end of the week. So he's going beautifully. So we, if, you're, if you're following this at home and you're playing along – we really need – we want to see Jamie Arnold, who played well again he on the did. weekend. We want he to see did. Jamie Arnold or Cam Percy. They just need – they need a top – they need a runner-up. They need a, the sort of week that yeah. Brett Collette has just had to jump inside. And if, we could get a, if we could get a trifecta, Percy, Arnold, Coletta, yep. and not a box. We want them in that order. Yep. Uh, we'd have we'd have all three of them in. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, and they're all right there. So – Obviously, Brett's just in. The other two are just out. Um, but it's all within reach and all to play for mm. in the next month. Exactly. Uh, where else do you want to turn your attention? Do you want to turn your attention anywhere else before you get to a break? Keeps and stuff for later on? Or do you want to bowl through <sighs> other bits and pieces now? Well, I'd, I'll, I'll bring one. It was one... quite weak, hasn't that, wasn't it? Oh, there's a lot of little things going on without being sort of standouts. Uh, but I'd, I, I... Give me one other thing before we get to the break because we want to hear from... All right. Well, I'll, I'll change tack completely. Right. Hannah Green, who obviously we barely go a week without mentioning her ever, but particularly recently uh, after a recent major win, she's been busy in the extreme in Perth. And then she finally, as Ali mentioned last week, shut it down, had a bit of me time, bit of family time, did everything well. Lo and behold, she bobs up on Friday afternoon in Perth, uh, goes to the Mount Lawley Golf Club and hosts a clinic for the My Golf Kids at, at, at Mount Lawley. Yeah. I just struggle to find anyone else in the world perhaps who would go and host a My Golf Clinic with 800000 hanging out of their pocket. I, it, it, She is a legend already. Not doing it for TV, not doing no. it for sponsors, no. not doing it for earn. So she loves doing it, doesn't she? She does. She genuinely loves the girls at Mount Lawley. And if you go to the Golf Western Australia um, uh, homepage, or Facebook feed or everything, you'll see a host of photos. I'll put my tongue in today, Andy. A host of photos of a mass of young boys and girls, mm. which is awesome too, but mostly girls, which is even awesomer, just following Hannah Green around. It's really it's, it's great. really heartwarming. And to see her do that, I Perth, you know, take a bow. Yep. Uh, why wouldn't they? It's fantastic. Right, uh, Cam Smith, Jake McLeod, they've caught up with the Felk, uh, he of the hair. Uh, he, they're going to join us on the other side of this. Uh, you're listening to Inside the Ropes. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, 
If your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Uh, Cameron Smith and Jake McLeod. Uh, we've caught up with Justin Falconer over there at uh, Royal Port Rush as they prepare for the 148th playing of the Open Championship. Not far <laughs> away from 150, eh? I'm just giving you the chance to say British Open, but uh, mm. that's that's by the by. Um, Cameron Smith uh, has missed the cut. He's gone miss. He's a bit like Port Adelaide over here in the AFL at the moment. He either missed the cut or sort of. He's out of form. Yeah, that's what he's, he's just is. he's not. He's, he's struggling at the, the moment. In fact, he hasn't had. You have to go a long way. They have to go back to the WGC event in Mexico to find a top ten. He's probably had ten starts since then, where he's either missed the cut or not been able to get inside the top thirty. So it's not the string of form that we've become accustomed to from Cam Smith. But as we find out with uh, Justin Falconer, who caught up with him, um, it's a part of the world he loves and a golf course he's very fond of. All right, thanks, boys. I'm here in Northern Ireland at Royal Port Rush uh, with Cam Smith. He's just come off the course after uh, what I assume is a pretty leisurely morning out there with Leash. Um, how'd you find out there? Must kind of be too stressful. No, it was uh, pretty easy going this morning. Uh, had some nice weather. Um, you know, got to see all the course, got to play off leash. So, yeah, it was um, all in all a pretty good day. You're pretty good friends before the World Cup. You've become thick as thieves, haven't you, you two, in sort of the last six months? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we try and play, you know, as many practice rounds as we can with each other. And, um, you know, dinner, you know, maybe once or twice a week if we can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've, we've always had a pretty good relationship, yeah, but, it, you know, I mean... It is what it is. <laughs> is uh, when did you get into town and was that your first look at Port Rush today? Yeah, my first time to Ireland actually. Yeah, so okay. got into town uh, yesterday morning, drove up from Dublin um, and then, yeah, tried to come out yesterday afternoon but we were just buggered from, you know, jet lag and stuff like that. So um, decided to come out early this morning, did some practice and, you know, got it all done today. Did you like what you saw out right there? Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, probably... Um, it's probably the best open venue I've been to. I've, I think this is only my third or fourth time, but, um, yeah, this is my favourite. It's such a different style of golf to what you've been playing lately. It's pretty high praise. Is it the sort of course yeah. that you'd like to want to get out there and really have a crack at? Um, it's it, it's hard to say because we, we played in such good conditions this morning. It's easy to say course is easy when, um, you know, when, you know, it's playing pretty soft and, not much wind and stuff like that, but, um, you know, come Thursday and Friday when it's raining and there's a little bit of wind involved, I think it'll play very tough. You just, I mean, you have to drive the ball straight here. That's the the key. And um, from there, you know, it gives you a few opportunities, but um, you still have to hit good golf shots. And that's, it's as you said, it's such a big transition come from sort of American golf to this style of linksy golf. Is that the thing you think you really got to knuckle down and get right hitting the drive straight? Um... Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. Um, I've had a couple of weeks to prepare, um, you know, been working on the lower shots and, um, you know, a few, a few of the longer irons and stuff off the tee. Um, yeah, so I, I think I've prepared well. Um, yeah, just got to go out there and, you know, commit to a game plan and embrace the weather. And I'm assuming the game plan will come over the next couple of days. Are you confident? How is the game? Where's it at? Um, probably haven't had the results in majors you'd like this year, but I mean, you still get one more crack. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's another opportunity, and another opportunity is always good. Um, I feel like, you know, the last um, probably three or four months has been, you know, far from my best stuff. Um, but, 
you know, it's it's good to go through that, and it's good to you know work through something, and um, you know, hopefully get a result at the end. I, I feel like last time I teed it up in Detroit, I made a big step in the right direction. So um, feeling confident in the game just needs to kind of all. Uh, blend together and I think it'll be fine. Well, we're all right behind you, mate. Thanks for coming on Inside the Ropes and good luck for the rest of the week. Thanks, mate. So Justin Falcon has also caught up with Jake McLeod. We'll get to that in a moment. But Cam Smith, thoughts? Well, I mean, he's very uh, honest about his form over the past you know, couple of months. He made no bones about what you said throwing to that interview. He, he just... He knows he's been playing pretty ordinarily. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he said he found a bit of touch and you've got to take him at his word, Blakey. Hey, Z, he, you know, links golf and, and Cam. I'm not sure whether that connection is really good because he, he his game is built around wedging. Uh, he's a brilliant wedge player, one of the best in the world. And, you know, over there, they're going to try and bounce the ball in, aren't they? So a lot of the time. So uh, Yeah, I, think I understand game, what you're what, saying. What I'm saying is his game is really well suited to a lot of the American courses, but whether it's actually suited to this, there's well, an adjustment that he's going to have to make. I would like to think, I hope he plays 58,000 better rounds, but I would like to think I've seen one of his better rounds that he played it was uh, trying to get into the Open mm. um, when it was an Open qualifying series at Kingston Heath. And I want to say it was probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah, and he played one of the more startling rounds I've seen because Kingston Heath was rock hard, bulletproof, and you know it. it I think it'll be much harder than than uh, Royal Port Rush this week, but he was he was clearly the best player there that week. You know, even as a young fella, uh, very new professional, just had the ability to land the ball where he needed to, which I think plays to his wedges, as you mentioned. But he understands that balls run out. And he's he's got a real fondness and affinity for sandbelt golf in Melbourne. Yeah, uh, and I I don't think he's your prototypical sort of wedge American style player only. He he likes that. He knows how to do it because of mm. Queensland background. Yeah, he spent a lot of time down here playing those courses, and I think that'll help him. Of course, Metro World Cup he played extremely yeah. well, didn't he? So, what yeah. about Jakey McLeod? So, twenty four years of age out of Townsville used to have the man bun. Doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> Maybe he's got himself in. A, you know, he, he's going to be pretty pumped up. Um, he, I'd love to see him make the cut at the very least, get four rounds in, and just you know get a bit of a run out. He's been playing on the European Tour and going okay. He's made one hundred and thirty-five thousand euro this year. So well, we might have a bit more of a say about that after we hear from Jake McLeod with Justin Falconer. All right, thanks, boys. Back here at Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland, uh, head of the Open this week, and with a Queenslander who's probably having a very special week this week, Jake McLeod. He's just walked off the course. Jake, I was checking the uh, tee times this morning for the practice round. It's Monday here. Uh, it looked like you were on your own for pretty much most of the day, and then really late in the piece, you got some pretty special company. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, um, called up yesterday and booked a 1 p.m. tee slot and um, went in the um, locker room this afternoon to book one for tomorrow and had a look at the names, and Justin Thomas and Charlie Hoffman and Ernie were down. So, um, yeah, it was not bad. <laughs> Bit of a surprise when you saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit nervous on the first tee, actually. <laughs> Didn't want to snipe hook it out of bounds. <laughs> Unfortunately, he only seemed like he got a better offer. Or did he come and join yeah. you for a few holes? No, nah, he uh, joined the South Africans, so he wasn't long enough for our group. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, what did you talk about with Justin Thomas and Charlie? Obviously a great player in his own right. And Justin with a major to his name, that must have uh, been pretty exciting for you. Yeah, no, it was, it was a super good day. Um, Charlie played yesterday, so he gave us a couple tips here and there in the golf course and I don't know just talked about a couple of other little other things here and there and um yeah no, it was good <laughs> <laughs> and uh the course first time you've had a look at it I'm assuming what did you think is it 
weather's pretty friendly out there. Cam Smith said it's probably not going to get much better when we spoke to him, but uh, what did you think of the course? Is it sort of a course that's going to help you, do you think? Yeah, um, it's only going to get tougher, I think. The uh, weather today was pure. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's my first look at it, so I'll have another look tomorrow and maybe play nine or so on Wednesday and um, just get a... There's a few lines off tees where it's pretty... It's a little bit difficult to gauge where to hit it at the moment, but um, I think it's a course, yeah, where I can do pretty well, so we'll see how we go. And as I said, it's a special week for you. It's your first major, uh, 24 years of age. Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you explain how you're feeling? I mean, you've had to wait such a long time as well, knowing that you're in this week, and being here now, does it feel different? Does it feel like any other tournament? You've played in big events all around the world, but it's pretty special to be here. Um, very special to be here, for sure. Um, I'm super, super pumped up. Um, I think it's... You know, leading in, I didn't really feel too much different. But when you get here and see the setup of the golf course, and um, you know all the people here in the practice round on a Monday, it's um, it's pretty special. Everyone's sort of clapping your shots on a practice round that don't matter. So it's like it's pretty funny. And the last, the um, the the last hole walking up there was just super special. So doing that on Thursday is going to be awesome. Yeah, probably not every week you rock up to the first day and Justin Thomas is waiting for you. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> It needed the good impression of the first tee shot, yeah. And how'd you go on the first day, all right? No, nah, it did, did okay. It did, did in the trap, but it did a good shot. Just hit the wrong... My caddy gave me the wrong club. And as I said, you've had to wait, Jake, so long since November last year. You qualified as part of the Open Series in Sydney where you went on a tear for a little stretch there for a few weeks. Um, is this week... You've obviously been looking forward to it. Have you been thinking about it a lot? It's been such a busy year for you, but uh, the long wait, I mean, you must be just ready to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely ready to go. Haven't been uh, thinking about it too much. I've been quite busy, um, you know, at the start of the year playing and it's been very different this year, travelling a lot through Europe and stuff. It's been um, pretty difficult, actually, but I'm um, sort of getting my head around it now and really looking forward to having a good week this week, yeah. It has been a busy year. You got the won the Order of Merit, Merit back home in Australia and got the full card in Europe for a year. A lot of people... First year out on tour, it is it is really tough just yeah. travelling alone, and yeah. there are Aussies everywhere uh, now in pro golf. But how have you found this sort of off the course stuff and travelling alone? And it then becomes pretty hard to maintain and play well uh, when you're on the course sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's been a couple of weeks here and there which was not great. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty lonely and it's boring and whatever. <laughs> you know, you know, once you finish golf, it's not much to do. But you know, we try and. Um, a lot of the Aussies, we try and hang out, have dinner together and um, practice rounds and stuff. And I'm getting along with all the guys really well. Um, you know, hanging out with um, Scriv and Brazzle a lot and um, Dimmy's over here every now and then. And so it's um, it's been really good, yeah. I'm starting to enjoy it a lot more now than at the start of the year anyway, yeah. And um, as we said, it's your first major. Do you, you've played big events all year. Do you treat it differently? I mean, how do you try and tell yourself it's any other week or do you want to treat it like it is something special? Um, well, yeah, it's obviously going to be very special. It's, uh, you can't say it's not going to be. It's the Open. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be. I'll be super nervous on the first tee, but I'll um, just go out there and try and have some fun and play the best I can. Yeah, it's going to be... Um, uh, I'm just pumped to be out there and playing, really. <laughs> and we just talked about the first tee on a Monday practice round. How do you yeah. think you're going to go first tee <laughs> Thursday morning, afternoon? I'm not sure the tee times come out, but yeah. have you thought about what that moment's going to be like? Yeah, got the tee time already. I think I'm like midday. Um, got a good group. I know the boys I'm playing with, so that's uh, a little bit uh, settling. Um, but yeah, bloody hell, I'll be um, yeah, I'll be packing it in for a bit, but <laughs> we'll get it away. A little stinger off the first, get along the ground. 
Should be right. <laughs> well, good luck, mate, this week. Everyone back home will be watching, and uh, thanks for joining us on Inside the Ropes. Cheers. Thanks, boys. So clearly the nerves are going to be the thing that, you know, in, in this sort of company, and he's not, look, let's be honest, he's not coming off a great bedrock of form. He's found it hard to make cuts at most of his most recent starts over there. So, again, he, he doesn't go – he's not, he's not going to have a form line going in that are going to ease – the nerves that are going to be jangling for him as he contemplates playing in this. Yeah, I think he started reasonably well without having the form in front of me when he got his card, but he's definitely tailed off in the last couple of months. Mm. Um, having said that, Andy, I reckon, and Blakey, I think that he's probably mentally been setting himself for this from about three minutes after he walked off the lakes <laughs> yeah. in November. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen him be very um, dogged and determined to achieve a goal, and I'd I wouldn't put it past him to, as I said earlier in our predictions, to make the cut. Uh, I don't think he can win, but I reckon the, uh, he'll improve a lot for the experience. And he's he's just a determined little bugger. He really is. He he was never going to be a superstar. People, you know, people derided him for the for this and that and the other, and he's proving them wrong systematically. So why why not this week too? Well, we hope that he goes well. Um, it's a great opportunity for him to... I mean, this is the realisation, just to tee it up. Oh, yeah. You know, just to be there at this age, to tee it up in the calib- in the in the calibre of field that he is and, you know, finding himself sharing a range with the players that he's going to be sharing the range with. And I'm sure he's, you know, he's played against the world's best routinely in the last couple of months, but to get them all there and get the Americans over there en masse the way they will be... This is a whole next level for him. We talk about, and two other people in other forums, like Craig Spence and Mark Allen, and they talk about their one or two brushes with the Open Championship, and it was the highlights of their career. Yeah, of course. You know, not everyone gets to go on and and have that Cam Smith luxury of feeling at ease in these places. That's the luxury afforded to very few. So let's hope that Jake McLeod gets a few cracks at it and that he can overcome the nerves. He's obviously worried about... Sniping one off the first tee there, you hear him talk about it a bit. But, uh, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll, 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 he's made of stern stuff. Good. We wish him well. We wish the other five well as well. We're going to break out of the way here on Inside the Rope. Sport Australia are going to cast an eye over how golf's travelling. Hopefully they'll give a searing insight into the performance of you two on the other <laughs> side of this. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Uh, been a busy show. Uh, a little bit to get uh, through. Sport Australia, I think most people understand, you know, the body and um, how important it is to, you know, the growth of sport, the funding of sport, the development of sports around Australia. And I know in the last couple of years, the relationship between not only, well, between Sport Australia and Golf Australia has been developing and it's uh, becoming a particularly strong one in recent times. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, Andy, and I think that oh, well, let's, we'll find out in a, in a minute with when we speak to Andrew uh, Larratt from, from Sport Australia, but he, I think that uh, Golf Australia is leading the way ostensibly in, in, in getting us out of sort of the olden days of administration. So 
we thought it'd be good to take sort of a, a pulse, a bit of a stock take, stock take of where we sit in the eyes of, of Sport Australia. And to that end, uh, we're joined by Andrew Larratt on the phone now, the the general manager of sport business for Sport Australia. Andrew, welcome to the Inside the Ropes. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here, uh, mate. We are in your hands here. We understand. Uh, I should say that you know we, we want to be instructed on how we're performing. Basically, how are we going? Yeah, well, look, I mean, golf has actually uh, made a fantastic, I suppose, leadership role and contribution to improving the way that sport's governed in this country. Um, and that's a, that's a good good thing from, from golf's side. I mean, Sport Australia is always looking to improve, really, the, the operating models and making sure we've got lean offices and we've got more people out in the field so that we can get, you know, more Australians moving uh, more often. And in the case uh, with golf is getting more people with a golf stick in their hand and, and out, um, you know, being active and, and on the courses around the country. So do you look more at the administration thing or more at the hands-on side of things? What, what's your focus? Uh, well, my yeah, the, I suppose my role is across getting more Australians moving more often, so the participation side, but also building the capability in the industry. So, so that's being able to get um, sporting organisations to uh, be better um, structured in their setup. Obviously, Australian sports uh, set, as we know in our government, is in a federated model. And um, the work we've been doing with golf, where golf is really the, the leading light out there with sailing um, and ski and snow, as three sports that have started to really improve their operating models. So they're looking at getting, um, instead of having, uh, you can imagine in golf in Australia having um, six states, two territories, if they've all got CEOs, they've all got CFOs, they've got you know, chart of accounts, they need to be audited. They've all got strategies that are different. They're trying to bring in sponsorship and revenue, yet they've all got different organisations and different properties. So we've been working with Golf uh, Australia in their One Golf program to be able to look at how they can actually remove the duplication, become really lean and efficient, and actually get more of the things like coaches and development people out in the field um, because they've only got one CEO, they've got one CFO, um, you know, more broadly one executive team, um, but really um, become uh, a modern uh, contemporary sporting organisation in this country and they're really um, one of the sports that are leading the way. How difficult is it, Andrew, to encourage, you know, therefore, given what you just said, um, you know, state bodies and, and, and other tiers of governance in a sport like golf or any national sport for that matter, how difficult is it for them to see a more streamlined pathway, one that can turn resources that exist into a more meaningful kind of grassroots level um, uh, operating model. Mm. Yeah, look, Andy, it is. I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't lie. It is. It is challenging because um, you know in each of these state organisations and the state um, boards, and you've got volunteers that are voted in and on boards and so forth. So. Um, you know, we've, we've actually, in this first step with golf, has not really looked at trying to change the constitutions and, and in any way to change that. What we've really looked at is, you know, how can we get the sport for a start at coming together and putting the areas of growing participation and the pathways and performance first? Mm. How can we get them to look at saying, well, this is actually in the best interests of, of our children. This is in the, the best interests of getting Australians active and, and moving it for golf to be able to not only survive but to really thrive in the 21st century. So it has to be a value proposition that has something in it um, for for each of those uh, members, the members that own 
um, Golf Australia. And, uh, and that's where uh, the leadership um, from, from the CEO um, and the board uh, at Golf Australia is so important that they've got a compelling um, case to their members to say, hey, you know, we, we, don't, we don't need, you know, multiple CEOs here. We don't need um, to be all working on different strategies and different plans and things. Let's come together. If each of us lean in, then we've got a chance um, to actually really grow our market share out there, to get more people playing golf, to drive in more revenue. I mean, Golf Australia already, um, we understand, has, has driven, you know, $1.5 million um, greater in sponsorship by aggregating um, their properties together. So positive things like that is what we have to keep sort of sharing, not only to the members of golf, but we're trying to look at this as an opportunity across the whole industry. So, Andrew, it's Martin Blake here. Uh, just for our listeners who, who are not across this, the One Golf program brought together five of the seven states and territories, New South Wales and WA, to this point of decline. Uh, is there work being done to bring them in, and do you think that that will happen? Look, we're, yeah, we're definitely really confident um, that um, it, it, all of the members um, are going to come in together. I mean, it's um, what we've found uh, beyond specifically golf, but other sports is that they're all unique. They've got their own stakeholders. They've got their own context of, of situation that they're in. Um, and, um, you know, in the case of golf, they've really, um, you know, started to get some momentum behind it. Um, I know there's a couple of couple of more states to, um, to come on board, um, but they're just starting to see the benefits are really starting to, to flow and, and all of a sudden, you know, golf's got some momentum and, and, and real energy and excitement behind this. Uh, how, this how do you golf, measure, so. Andrew, how do you measure the success? What, is there an easy way that, um, you know, those at Sport Australia look at um, mm. the performance of sports and in this case golf and it, how do you, is it easy to tell us how you measure that success? Yeah, look, look, there's, there's a couple of things. Obviously, you know, I mean, you can debate about it, but financially, um, can be one of the greatest measures um, that, that, you know, is limited in terms of the debate about it. You can have a chart of accounts, they get audited and you do it. And we believe that in time, this will be more lean, so you won't be duplicating. Mm. Um, you won't be getting eight, you know, auditors' accounts. You won't be all of those sorts of things, eight CFOs and so forth. So financially, we do believe um, that there'll be a reduction in costs and there'll be an increase in revenue. We know that golf has already increased, as I said, $1.5 million in their sponsorship portfolio, and they're reducing some of their, um, well, redeploying, really, some of their resources from the national office and getting them more um, into the field. The other one is the participation side. So mm-hmm. it needs to be so clear and simple. There are so many choices out there um, that the area of participation, we use the Ausplay survey, <laughs> and the Ausplay um, results um, which golf um, is part of, we will believe that that'll actually start to to grow. It's not, you know, all the sports competing in the same sort of um, or or, or uh, working in the same sort of pond. We actually need to grow and get more Australians moving more often. And we think that this is a way that we can get better experiences happening at the local level because we're getting more resources out there than than working in the back end administration office. So to that end, Andrew, my golf must mm. be a beacon of success. Uh, more than twenty three thousand participants in the last financial year, which has grown remarkably in the past five or six years. Yeah, look, we're we're really pleased. I mean, we partnered um, a couple of years ago um, with Golf Australia on on um, developing that program, assisting with some of the seed funding, the research um, behind it. 
Um, and we've we've uh, we've been really pleased to see how that's um, developed. You know, it links in with the sporting schools program, the the government's investment um, in getting um, children active and moving. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we we actually think it's it's a fantastic one, and it's one where um, if you link um, the one golf and, and the management side, and you have one program um, as a lead program that's out um, to get kids active and moving, and it's really clear and and simple and consistent and quality in the experience, um, then um, you know your sport's going to be on, on their way. So a follow-on from that, golf has had a traditional kind of um, a view of it held by many beyond the game, Andrew. They see it as yeah. a difficult game to get into, um, not very inclusive, private golf clubs. Um, you know, it, It's had that stigma uh, attached to it. Is part of Sport Australia's watch to to see how a sport like golfing, in particular, can make itself more inclusive, an easier sport for people to um, participate in and, and want to be part of? Absolutely. I mean, culture has really shifted, and we've seen it, you know, over the last fifteen years about how um, people, unfortunately, are moving less um, and more sedentary lifestyles and so forth. So, you know, we, we try and within the research uh, that we do as well as the Ausplay survey is help sports to be able to equip themselves with the knowledge to understand how how is the value proposition, what they offer, is it going to be in the small bite-sized chunks, you know, you think of golf, um, and, and this is similar with a number of sports, if you don't, if you haven't played the game, you don't understand the rules of the game, um, then you are so much less likely that you're actually going to attend a golf tournament, or you're going to actually watch it on TV, and 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 therefore consume it, you know, through digital channels as well. So, um, when you look at all of those things, um, the way that it's future-proofing a sport is that boys and girls are picking up a golf club, that they're playing it, and they're not constrained by, you know, having to have the the correct attire or knowing all of the the particular, you know, rules of. Of, of golf on it, but that they can come in a safe and inclusive environment and actually have an entry point where they can enjoy to build some of the skills, um, you know, and their confidence and competence in, in enjoying um, the game. So I think, you know, we, we encourage um, sports like golf to find ways where, um, you know, boys and girls can get an entry point where they can come in without the pressure uh, and start to enjoy and understand and learn the game because they are going to be the future, not only participants but consumers of the sport. So it sounds like we're getting a bit of a tick from you, Andrew. I'll, I'll take that as what you're saying, but I want to ask one Stop thing. Stop leading the witness here, Hazel. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, poor, yeah, it's yeah. poor form. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do identify yeah. myself as a GA employee oh. to him, so it's okay. <laughs> um, for those listening, Andrew, yeah. Um, you know, you're talking a lot about governance and stuff. What can the people yeah. going to their clubs, listening to this on the radio or on a podcast on their car, what can they do at their end to help the growth of the game and, you know, ex- expedite the processes you're talking about? Yeah. Look, uh, look. as I said, each, each sport is very different. Um, you know, in a golf sense, um, there are some very, very strong, financially strong um, clubs, private clubs. There's government-run public clubs. Um, but there's strong state associations as well, and, and they're still represented by uh, their members. There's different structures, whether it comes from a, a you know a, a, a club or a voting system. What I'd encourage um, people at the local um, club level is that they just do they get informed, they understand about how they can um, actually 
be supported and, and resourced and, and helped best by the national body, uh, by Golf Australia and, and by the PGA, and make sure that they're just supporting them to continually move through and improve the way that they're organised and structured um, and, um, you know, and, and, and set up. And then from a, from a sort of a club um, level as well is just, you know, it can be threatening as a new person to come down to a sporting club um, or to a, you know, to a golf club and just trying to create a safe uh, and an inclusive environment and welcome them in. Um, you know, you know what it's like, Andy, I'm sure, uh, Mark, when you're standing on the first tee and you're ready to tee off and your heart rate rises oh, yeah. um, and you've got people standing there, you know, watching and, and, and you're ready to tee off. Um, we want to create an environment where people feel safe and enjoyable to come down and have fun and have a laugh and, and for us be active and, and keep moving. Um, and I think golf's got a, got a, a great role to play in that. But it has to continue, continually adapt for um, you know, meeting the, the next generation of Australians. I reckon that Andy's heart rate doesn't go up so much, Andrew, as the people standing maybe 20 <laughs> metres up the fairway on the left side. They, they've got the pulse. Oh, yeah, as they line the fairways waiting, me to, see, waiting to see me hit my opening <laughs> yeah, drive. That yeah. huge crowd. Oh, man, as they flock from everywhere. <laughs> Um, uh, Andrew, yeah. we really appreciate your time. It's good to hear um, how we're yeah. tracking and what needs to happen because it's a massively important issue, not only for golf, but for sport and the health of Australia as a nation. So we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on Inside yeah, the no. Ropes. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate good, it. Good on you. That's Andrew Larratt from the uh, Sport Australia, the General Manager of Sport Business. So do you think, you're, now that he's off the line, Andrew, and he's gone, how do you think you two are travelling? All right? Is he I think we're okay, or, is he? Got your back? Oh, I, just, I was really marvelling at the way you two talked up hard questions beforehand. It didn't quite <laughs> didn't deliver not. through with it. <laughs> just so, trying to do Hopefully Andrew doesn't listen. He fast forwards to the, the part end of the, the podcast the where he appears. <laughs> doesn't listen to it. Don't take anything personally, Andrew. No. Nah, right. it, it's important. What it, It's seriously important for the health of the country, what he's talking about. So while we can make a joke about how he's, you know, Dealing with GA, it, it's critical to work there. Hey, listen, I, I've been, I've list, I've read a few um, of the charter statements from Sports Australia across the board, and the you know, word inclusion um, is, you know, uh, yeah, it really is, and and this is the challenge for golf. Yeah, and he, and he talked about, you know, that that we all we're all members of golf clubs. People listening to this, a lot are going to be members of golf clubs, and just think about how many people at your golf club that you know who might be really decent fellas or great girls or whatever, who when it comes to their tea time on their Wednesday or their Saturday, they don't want anyone upsetting them. Mm-hmm. If they can't get in to the field when they normally – somebody else bobs up and gets in the you know the, the, the time sheet before they do, they can dirty up. And we, there's people who – Come on, you know we want you to get off on time, and you know there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that still at golf clubs around Australia, and no one's saying we're going to take your Saturdays away from you and take your Wednesdays away from you, and take the routine away from you. But you know we've I think we all, as lovers of the game, who want this game to prosper, I think we all need to be prepared to give you know a bit more time and space to bring yeah. people into our golf clubs. There's don't a, we? a bit of a shift of momentum, I think. At the uh, moment, it definitely is. Around I mean, the that. wheels are turning. Um, but if you got to, if you asked yourself, uh, it's hard to create one stereotype of someone rocking up to your club. Yeah, of course, and it's it really. Is. I don't even want no, to do no, it. But no. if you if you uh, think of someone who's from a vastly different background to your own as a long-standing member of a club, if you are, and you saw that 
young woman or young man roll up to the course, what would you do? Hmm. How would you how would you welcome them? What would you do to get them involved in your club? And if the answer is not, um, you know, do everything I can, then that's the bigger issue. A casual clothes day, the, the day where you drop, you know, the these, the these oppressive standards that you know some people find completely over the top when it comes to you know like yeah. I'm not saying let people jump around in singlets and board shorts and no, I'm not no. that's not what I'm saying but have a day where we just or a, once a month we relax we want people to come through the people drive past the gate of a golf club all the time and they, well that looks a little bit you know the thought of you two on a casual clothes day <laughs> is quite when, scary oh, <laughs> when have you ever Both seen of us? you <laughs> so, well that's given our, our regulation standard which is about as on today, casual as I bet it gets. you have Oh, no, no. Playing – oh, no, we don't even want to go down that road. Uh, so other bits and pieces before well, I we want to clear up something from last week's show, Andy, because um, – Was it something I said? No, it was something Ali and I both said, and we I, we had different stats. Oh, yes. On Tiger's number of victory or yes. tournaments. And I bow to Ali because she's, she's far more learned oh, yes. and definitely better researched than I am. She actually does research. Yeah, she does. It's a bit scary. So I said something about five – being the number of tournaments it took Tiger to win on the PGA Tour. And she said 19. So I actually went away and did a bit of research because I knew she'd be right and I just wanted to Depending confirm. whether he's an amateur or pro, I guess. Yeah, so that's exactly what it was. So mm-hmm. it was the 19th time he pegged it up uh, for Tiger to win, but it was his fifth as a professional when he, uh, when he got... So you're both right. We were, well, Ali, sort of. Ali was more right than yeah. I was. As I said, um, he played... Would you believe he played... I went. This is fascinating with Tiger. Played in the 1992 Los Angeles Open as a 16-year-old. Yeah, there's. I've seen some good video <laughs> of that on yeah. YouTube, actually. Yeah. 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 So he turned pro after the US Open in 96. Won five starts later. That was in Greater Milwaukee Open, of course, then, as we all remember. Who could ever forget it? Well, that, you know, hello world. Hello. You know, it yeah, is, yeah. I, I know that it doesn't... You know the image, but the, what he said—it mm. actually is—it's remarkable. Then he won in Las Vegas five. No, starts I mean, later. who could actually forget it? Yeah, 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 yeah. legit. Yeah, two starts later, he won at the Walt Disney Classic, which is no longer there, of course. But that was two starts in two wins in seven starts as a pro, and eight starts later, he won the uh, um, the Masters. And that in that interim, he also won the Mercedes thing, which is the opening the Tournament of Champions now. So handy, good start. So Wolf, handy. Wolf's impressive, Matthew Wolf. <laughs> But I think we probably should temper com- comparisons to the great man just at the minute. Time. What about Dylan Fratelli winning the John Deere in America? He's a South African. He's the 12th first-time winner this year on the PGA Tour. And I'm just wondering, boys, whether we'll see him at the President's Cup. Well, I'm not sure what his ranking is there, but that uh, must put him you know, in some sort of... It'll be position. in calculations, and I, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, obviously with Captain Ernie Owls, yeah. um, he's going to have a bit of a South African bent to his selections potentially, so I'm not potting him for that. Um, Fratelli's got to be in the mix. He's been prominent the last few weeks, actually. He's been playing pretty well, was a handy player at the Australian PGA Championship a couple of years ago, so not that that's the same conditions mm. as Royal Melbourne, but, you know, has played well in Australia. So um, I, I think that's – I don't know what your thoughts are, Blakey, but the number of first-time winners to me is almost a, a direct result in my mind as a result of the big bigger players, and we've spoken a lot of Brooks Kepka as the prime example here, not trying. In the interim between major championships. Well, Kepka's a classic, isn't he? He tied 57th in the Travellers and he was 65th in the 3M (laughs) Open and no one took any notice of it whatsoever. Can't win this week then. Can't possibly win this week. His form's no good. (laughs) (laughs) Struggling to make the cut on PGA Tour events, he can't Uh, win. And I I should put, you know, inverted commas around some of those sentences because clearly he's vaguely trying, but, 
you know, is he at his max? No, nah, but we know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, yeah. I, and I'm not, I don't want to run down Fratelli or Wolf or anyone like that for winning because, you know, God knows we'd love them to be Australians and winning. We'd be celebrating mm. for swinging from the rooftops. But um, I think the gloss of some of those second-tier tournaments has come off a little. Mm. Um, I do think that um, the volume of tournaments being played by the superstars has waned and, the you know, the chase for a billion titles is – no longer vaguely oh, just interesting. On that, just on that point, uh, Tiger's going to obviously play in the Open this week, the Open Championship, and uh, he's only played 10 rounds since winning well, Augusta. it's funny you say this because, and uh, it's only, I didn't even have this as a note, but it is something that it's been tucked away in the back of my mind, and it's never going to change because we know they want to own every corner of every week of the waking world, and they want to be a 52-week tour if they possibly can, the PGA Tour, but... I don't know what the numbers are like, but there's a. I'm finding it uh, that I'm watching less American golf now than I have in the past. Yeah. I just there's so much of it. It's every single week. It's dull. It's sort of mind numbing. It, it is a little bit, and you know, with all, and I'm not having a go at the Andrew Landrys and the Dylan Fratellis of the world, but no. but if there were 15 less tournaments a year, and you had better fields teeing it up on better courses more routinely and there's more of a premium on the brand as opposed to just being a week in, week out, you know, grind. You'd you'd relish the start. I mean, Mm. we're about to step into the FedEx. We got this week, the Open Chen, then we got the FedEx, whatever they're called now. Is it still the FedEx? FedEx Cup playoffs. Was that what they're called now? Then we got those. Then we step into a little hiatus. Or no, then it rolls around. The the wraparound. Yeah, it's kind Mm. of, there's too much of it. There's too, I never thought I'd say this, but there's too much oh, PJ Tour golf. No, I agree. 100% agree. Way too much of it. Yeah. 100% agree. <laughs> I've got nothing else to add. Mm. So Cam Davis finished 53rd there, and Curtis Luck missed the cut. Hazy, they're both running out of time. Big time, Blakey. Mm. They really need to find strike a serious blow in there the There aren't that many weeks. tournaments left. No. Well, the season end has been brought forward so that you know all that stuff's done and dusted by the time the NFL rolls around. Mm. Um, so that means crunch time. Now, so if they're not in the, you know, if they're not in the right number, they're going to have to go. What they go back to web web dot com. Yeah, if they're between sorry, the corn fairies. <laughs> if they're between one twenty six and two hundred, <laughs> they get a start automatically in the corn fairy playoffs. <laughs> the time honoured corn oh, fairy yeah, playoffs. You want to be part of that. Um, uh, but while we're still in the United States, Andy, mm-hmm. um, I just want. I've just now forgotten the name of the tournament, but it is the Marathon Classic uh, one this week. By Say Young Kim. Yep, um, and a, a, a really solid win. Um, did you know this? She is the fourth player to have multiple wins this year. But more importantly, her ninth career victory ties Nayon Choi for the fourth most wins by a Korean player in LPGA history. Only Siri Park, NB Park, and GI Shin have won more. If I said to you, point out. Uh, say Young Kim in a lineup, would you be able to do it? Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, I would, but um, would you? I just I just watch enough that I I know exactly what she looks like. She's one of those people who, when she gets close, she can blow the field away. That's that's what happens with her. She, that's she, what she, she can shoot really really low, but on a week to week basis, I don't I don't think she's in the top eight or nine players in the world. At Number that. twelve now. Yeah, well, there it's you go. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yet, yet so she just, can she yeah. can blow them away. So she's beaten th- to put to your point, she's beaten third place getter, Stacey Lewis by six. Yeah. So Lexi Thompson in between yeah. one and three. But I, I think yeah. she's regarded as an unbelievably great putter. 
And she's the, she's to your foot point if further. She's, here, she could confirm she, that. She's the one who set the scoring record at the Thornbury yeah. Classic from last year that we talked about oh, okay. the week mm, before. Yeah. That Thornbury Classic was stupid low scoring. Well, she's the one who set that record last year at thirty one. So. If you do see her on a Wednesday at a course and you think, gee, she's striking the ball well, <laughs> I'd just run and have a little investment on, say, young Kim because yeah. she's she's a spectacular finisher. 22 two, under she shoots. Two Aussies in the top 20 there, yeah. Hazy. Minji Lee and Suo both yeah. finished in the top 20. So Minji Lee's actually been a little bit off the boil by her <laughs> you know, stratospheric standards. Uh, since she got up to number two and we all started to talk about you know, she might go to number one, she's actually – dipped down to number four and hasn't been playing quite as well uh, without seeing too much of it. Uh, but, yeah, for her to, to finish 19th there is probably a good little turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm really – I want to – I know that we'll be watching the Open, but I'll be interested to see how the new tournament plays out this week on the LPJ Tour. It's that Great Lakes event that they added to this schedule. Same format as the Zurich Classic on, right, the, okay. on the PGA oh, pairs, Tour, yeah, the pairs thing. And Minji's playing with Jin Young Co., Oh, right. Oh, wow. As a that's, team. That's a oh, that, yeah. That's a power pack combination. Yeah, right question without notice, but do you know the other Australian, any other Australian combinations? Uh, Sue O is playing with someone as well. I uh, should know. Oh, I haven't got the field in front of me. So. I'll come back. I'll, you keep talking. We're only a I'll week away it. from the Evian as well, uh, the next major. So I'm sure uh, Hannah Green will be making her return there. I don't think Hannah's playing this week, is she? No, she's, she's still, still mucking around in Perth. and. Enjoying yourself, doing her bits and pieces. So that yeah. tournament's changed date, hasn't it? Which they brought it forward uh, on it, on the schedule, which gives it a. Ch- it's been smashed by weather, probably for yeah. the last five years. I reckon it's been really badly weather affected. So hopefully, mm. um, you know, given the status that it uh, occupies on the in the women's game, hopefully it gets you know the, with the change of date, hopefully. Uh, it gets some, you know, respite from the weather. Uh, over on the McKenzie Tour, Ryan Su- Suo is playing with Mel Reed. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good combo. Uh, Ryan Ruffles missed the cut uh, there in Canada. Um, yep. So uh, some other stuff from North America, Andy. Um, the U.S. Boys Amateur teed off today, being Tuesday as we speak. It'll be well progressed by the time a lot of people listen here. But there's five and a half, I want to say, Australians. Six, if you include Connor McKinney. But he's currently representing Scotland, even though he lives in Perth. So um, John Huggins is hanging on grimly to Connor Connor McKinney. But they've started really well. Connor's uh, in a share of uh, third. Carl Phillips, also from Western Australia, is a joint leader after round one. Uh, Josh Greer is prominent. And Elvis Smiley, the new Australian junior champion, is also going really well. Um, I wanted to touch um, base also, while we're still in North America, with... Madison Hinson Tolshire. Last week we interviewed Cassie Porter. A couple of weeks ago we interviewed Cassie Porter when she won the Toyota World Junior. Well, the IMG World Junior was this week in at Torrey Pines, and um, Madison Hinson Tolshire, also from Perth, she's there churning them out from WA. Uh, finished joint second in the women's side of things. So that was a good effort from her. Um, she's a great player. She, yeah, she's yeah. showing very she's young. Sh- only about showing, sixteen. Yeah, she's showing a fair bit. Um, and Connor McKinney, the aforementioned Connor McKinney, representing Australia this time, strangely enough, was in a, in a share of third, and he's another one from Perth. So, yeah, um, some good some good efforts there from the youngsters. Um, and speaking of which, we touched base with Cassie as I mentioned, and we also talked about the Queensland Junior Championships two weeks ago. Well, last week was the New South Wales edition of those, and we came up with the same winning combination, yeah, there, right, which is yeah. quite remarkable, I think. So, in the women's uh, High Park backed up again and, and beat Cassie Porter again. So the same Quinella 
Um, I think that that's remarkable in itself, and it shows that those two Queenslanders are really starting to forge a bit of a mm. uh, not, a, a friendly rivalry yeah, yeah, that will yeah. help them come through. I think if you've got you know a couple of elite talents pushing each other at most tournaments, that's a great thing for Queensland and Australian golf. And on the men's side, Newcastle. Oh, he's just up in the Hunter Valley, actually. But Corey Lamb, he won again. So two weeks in a row for the big fella. That's a that's a really good effort. Nine under, and he, he uh, won by four. So a good achievement there. We're rolling around. Would you got any more, Blakey? Before? I have. I just wanted to send a shout-out to the uh, good folk at Glenelg Golf Club in yeah. Adelaide, a beautiful course um, and a great club. Uh, they won the double this week. They won the South Australian pennant double, men's and women. The men... Have got or got it up to four in a row now. Mm-hmm. They beat the Grange, and the women broke a streak of wins by the Grange uh, to so win right. their event. So first time, since... I think it's only the second time yeah. they've won won both uh, men's and women's. Well done in, in, at the top top grade. So Andy, well, I know this is your favourite, but the it bay. is nearing nearing the end. Unfortunately, the Outback Queensland Masters. Yeah, I told you four weeks ago. I don't want to hear another word about it <laughs> because we missed the caravan. We didn't get the gig. I haven't got any paperwork in front of me, so I'm stretching my brain. I think it was Robert Allison. I apologise if it's not one in, in Winton at the oh, weekend. That's good. Well done. He's back nine holes off a handicap of seven. Had 26 points, Andy. Oh, well, he needs to, somebody needs to check the validity of that handicap. He had 43 over that. Oh, I was 26 on the back nine. I've saved my best for last. Thank you. You, don't, you may not know about this, Andy. <laughs> Australia has a new Olympian, and his name is Mark Hayes. Uh Mark Hayes, the media manager of Golf Australia and our co-host, has been selected to be the media manager golf at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Are you serious? He's going to Tokyo. So you'll be heading off over there. I get a green and gold tracksuit, Andy, oh, very fortunately. They might have to print up a bigger one for me, but yeah. Well done, Hazy. Thanks. I'm That's actually, funny. I'm oh, actually God, really proud. Oh, God, that'd be so exciting. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, thanks. Oh, well, That's fine. awesome, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm chuffed. I'm genuinely So chuffed. how did you get the nod? There would have been people applying for that from all over the world, wouldn't there? That sort of gig? I don't know how. I, I guarantee they would have. I don't know. Clearly your status within the ranks is being recognised. So, no, Not before so. time, Who my would friend? represent Australia at the Olympic Games? Who would, who's in this the slot now? So you've got, it's, it goes off rankings at what particular time? Uh, About a month out. In June, um, mm. weeks apart in June next year. I think if we started right now, it would be uh, Minji Lee and Hannah Green. Yeah. And on the men's side, it would be Adam Scott. Adam Scott. So Adam Jason Scott. Day. Adam Scott's expressed the view in the past that he doesn't think golf should be in the Olympics. So does that mean we, that he wouldn't play, or would he sort of step aside, or would he take that up? We asked know? him that. At, at he Pebble said it Beach. in a kind of a straightforward, mm-hmm. honest way. Didn't yeah, he? Yeah. We asked him that at Pebble Beach again, Blakey. And yeah. He said, if it if it came to pass that he was in a position to be selected, he'd consider it then. But he's not busting his gut. But he hasn't ruled it out this time. Okay, so good. And Jason Day has said he would like to. Day Smith Leishman all busting their night. gut yep. to get there last if time. they get a chance. It'd be nice if we had three or four of them under world number fifteen, so we could pick a bigger bigger team. Mm. That would be nice. Let's start this week at Royal Port Rush. What a good idea! Yeah, uh, go that's we're done. That's it. Good to see you and good to see you. Happy birthday, Murray. Thank you very much. Happy birthday, mate. Uh, The roast is in the oven, so I might go home and eat it. Uh, (laughs) You've been listening to Inside the Ropes, episode number 111. Uh, May they all hit them long and straight, and we'll see you next week.